It is Tuesday. It is December 7th, I'm going to guess. And we're studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step is the prefaces, the forwards, and our stories. And our very impromptu and gracious service-giving speaker tonight is Amy B. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you, Lita. And thank you, Maggie. We are doing some impromptu service tonight. And that's what this program is about, right? We, uh, we, we, we give service when the opportunity presents itself because we're, um, this book tells us that my primary purpose is to carry the message. Um, so that's what I'm going to attempt to do. And I will tell you that I happen to love the prefaces and the forewords. I think that there's a lot of really beautiful stuff in there that I've spoken on. Um, particularly the line about, um, we hang together or die alone, I think is always worth mentioning because um, that's why we show up as part of this fellowship and this collective. Oh, I forgot to say, Amy B, compulsive overeater, living very gratefully in a recovered state today. And um, yeah, I, every single one of us who shows up today does a service because we are being a part of the community that each one of us needs to find and that needs to be here for the newcomer and somebody who's still uh, suffering. And, and for those of us who um, need to remember what it's like to be suffering. So Thank you for that. We're so that we could hang together tonight. Um, there's a story in here, however, that like um, has jumped out at me a lot when I've gone through the stories. And um, it's the, the missing link on page 281. Um, and it starts off when I was eight or nine years old. Love, life certainly became, life suddenly became very difficult feelings began to emerge that I did not understand. And I, I have to say, like the first time I read that sentence, it kind of smacked me across the face because I recognized in this really stark um, kind of backwards look at my life that I had trouble with feelings for as long as I could remember just feeling like my feelings were too big for me or, or, or something bigger than they were supposed to be. Um, and then in the second paragraph, I remember isolating on the playground, watching the other children laughing, playing and smiling and not feeling like I could relate at all. I felt different. I didn't feel as if I was one of them. Somehow I thought I didn't fit in. that's exactly my experience. Like I have very distinct memories of being alone on the playground and feeling like nobody understood me. Um, so there are so many things in this book when I first came to it, where I really um, said that I, you know, I couldn't relate. I couldn't relate to the people. I couldn't relate to the stories that, you know, alcohol, all of that stuff. Um, and the, the more I studied and grown close to this book, like the more I find it to be, you know, 
poignantly relatable. Um, and then the, when, when the page turns and we get to 282 where, where he says, whatever the problem, I soon found what appeared to be the solution to everything. At age 15, I traveled with my family to Israel. There's no legal drinking age. Blah, blah, blah. I actually did a summer there and there was no drinking age and all the other teenagers around me got all excited to get drunk all the time. And I did it like one night, found it completely uninteresting and really like would have much rather had like pitas. Like that's what I was looking for. Honestly, like it just, it did not appeal to me that we were legally able to drink. Um, but it, but it always, you know, the fact that my vice was legal from a very young age did me no favors. It, you know, it was not hard to get my fix anywhere at any age, in any city, in any language, at any time, whether I knew somebody or not, it was always available. Um, and then, you know, it, it, it comes on, you know, this is a person who, who got very deep into their addiction very young. I didn't make it into the rooms until I was in my late 40s and, um, you know, I, much of my adult life was spent gaining and losing a lot of weight. Um, but I know that I had an unhealthy, abnormal relationship with food at a, in a severe way from a young age. So I, again, I, I, that resonates with me a lot as well, but it's really when we get to page, um, 286. He goes to a meeting and they're reading, you know, about step seven. And um, he, for the first time, found himself in a room of people with whom he could totally relate. I no longer felt as if I was a total misfit because here was a room full of people who felt precisely as I did and a major weight had been lifted. And that is very much my experience too. I never felt as lovingly seen without judgment in, and able to show up as my authentic self as I have in the rooms of OA. And that that fellowship, that program, and again, I'll tie it back to what I said at the beginning, the fact that we need to be here, we hang together or die alone, like that experience for me um, made doing the, 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 the rest of the work of recovery um, much more, much more, um, or much less intimidating, I should say, much less intimidating. Um, and then, of course, at the end of that paragraph, and, you know, he he listens to everybody speak. And then he said, confused by the reading, all I could say with, was what the heck are shortcomings? And like the idea also to come into the rooms and hear everybody talking about defects, hear everybody talking about defects is another thing that like, you know, sometimes can come in and set me off balance 
or or would set me off balance before the rooms and and being able to speak lovingly about my part and my addict's first thought as just the way things are um, and be able to share about my shortcomings in a room where I feel accepted and seen and understood as my authentic self has been, again, very, very helpful in, in getting recovered. Now, I, I just want to pause for a second and always put in a plug for it's, it's our community is, is very, um, crucial. It's a, it's as part of the triangle and it's all, um, in place to remind us and support the fact that, you know, we are, we are to seek guidance from a power greater than ourselves. And, um, that's what we all do together. And that's, you know, in, in each in our own way sometimes, but, um, when we're talking about shortcomings and defects and being able to be authentic and be seen, it's all meant to be a safe, affirming space to allow us to, you know, surrender our will to a power greater than ourselves. So I know that's not exactly in what I read, but, but these are all of the things that contribute to um, a space where uh, we can get recovered through the steps in this book. Um, at the bottom, great advice and something that was said to me right when I came in. They explained to me it might be easier to set my sights on the 24 hours in front of me and take on other situations when and if they ever arrive, which is a way of saying, like, stay in the moment. Stay in the moment. We only solve the problems that are right in front of us. Next right action. One day at a time. Sometimes the pro the prospect of abstinence can be, you know, over long term can be daunting. I only have to stay abstinent today. I only ever have to stay abstinent today because I can only ever live in today. And that's ten. Thank you very much. And that's you know something that is also very very helpful. Um, uh, Two eighty seven. I this is turning into a talk about ways that. OA has been very accessible for me um, as a place to recover because now on 287, I have flagged little passages that I loved in this story. So I'm sort of, you know, going from one to the next here in my book. Um, so it says again, although raised in an ethnic uh, and religious Jewish household, mine wasn't so religious, um, I was agnostic and very resistant to anyone and anything that I perceived to be opposing religious beliefs. That's 100% my experience. To my surprise, Alcoholics Anonymous and Overeaters Anonymous suggested something different. So like here, you know, all of these things, you know, not being understood, feeling like I was alone and didn't fit in, um, you know, just overwhelming things and a, 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 a the, the agnosticism, all of these things that I thought might be a barrier to recovery um, were not. And it says it here in this story too. Um, and then uh, in the next paragraph, something that I also feel like I experienced um, reluctantly, I opened my mind to the fact that maybe, just maybe, there was something to this spiritual lifestyle. 
Slowly but surely, I realized there was indeed a power greater than myself. And I soon found myself with a full-time God in my life, a full-time higher power in my life, and following a spiritual path that didn't conflict with my personal religious convictions. I have a higher power that's about divine guidance and a true north and a set of divine ideals, um, including divine balance and divine acceptance and all of these things. And that True North is full-time. True North is always True North. That is a full-time guidance on direction, G-O-D, that I have in my life that does not conflict with my religious feelings, opinions, which I, again, don't. It's, it's, it doesn't have to matter. It doesn't have to be a defining trait. Um, and then at the bottom of the page, the last thing I'll say, um, this was also my experience coming to these rooms and getting recovered. My self-esteem improved dramatically and I knew happiness and serenity as I had never known it before. I started to see the beauty and usefulness in my own existence and tried to express my gratitude through helping others in whatever ways I could. A confidence and faith entered my life and unraveled a plan for me that was bigger and better than I could have imagined. I mean, that is my experience to a T. And um, that's why, you know, impromptu service, you know, I, 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 I felt so alone and like I didn't belong anywhere. And through this program and a connection to a power greater than myself, I see usefulness in my existence and I try and express my gratitude through helping others in whatever way I can. And, um, I'm really just very, very grateful to all the faces that I see tonight who have been my helpers um, along the way as well. So um, I am really looking forward to hearing from you either on this story or on other stories, or if you wanna throw a plug for the prefaces and forwards, by all means, and uh, I pass, thank you. Thank you, Amy. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapters, stories, prefaces, forwards, and things being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you would like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand which is under reactions, or nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? Go ahead, Melissa G. Oh, I didn't hear you call my name. <laughs> um, okay. Amy, thank you. You always step up. That was amazing. Um, 
that was, and I haven't read this one. So I was like highlighting and writing as quick as I could. So thank you for introducing me to the missing link. Um, I felt different. I didn't feel as if I was one of them. Somehow I thought I didn't fit in. Um, I had a group of friends and I always felt other, less than apart from different. And the only way I could feel comfortable with them was eating. Um, and like you said, food was everywhere. It was legal at any age. So it was really helpful at the time until it wasn't. Um, and then um, I loved when you said, being here, it's lovingly seen without judgment, show up as my authentic self. Um, and sometimes when I go to meetings, I, well, I, I, I don't speak often because I'm not very comfortable, but then I always feel like, you know, like there's a cool kid aspect. And I don't like that feeling in a way because I want it to be a place where everyone feels welcome and it, it's not like that. Um, but here, um, sorry, I feel like someone's walking down the stairs. Um, but here it feels like I can say, you know, some of the stuff that I did and hopefully you would nod your heads and agree and it's not embarrassing um, or shameful or something that maybe you've never heard before. Um, and my wife did just walk downstairs so I'm gonna stop talking because I feel so weird. <laughs> Thank you, Melissa. Next up is Sherry Z. I just start my timer. I'm Sherry. I'm a compulsive overeater who's recovering one day at a time in this program. And I loved your share, Amy. Um, it took me 32 years in these rooms to surrender to a different level, to become recovered. And for a long time, it worked a certain way, and then it stopped working. And one of the things my sponsor said to me was like, what were you agnostic about? And I laughed. I'm like, I was religious. I'm spiritual. I had my first drink in Israel. I am the missing link. And, and what I realized was, you know, I was agnostic about taking direction. I was agnostic about letting go entirely, right? I still wanted to hold on to things. And today I had a truly spiritual experience. I had to go to a big board meeting. Um, I was very nervous about the food and I experienced full spiritual neutrality. So I, like I had never experienced in my life. And so it was, I could cry talking about it. So for the newcomers, you know, whatever it takes, like whatever it takes. And I wanted to ask a quick question. I'm in the middle of my sixth step and I've never worked so hard on these steps. I've gone through them so hard and I have never worked so hard on these steps. I definition, I mean, I'm like studying. And for the first time I noticed six step defects, seven step shortcomings. So I wanna ask you, Amy, what is your definition of the difference between them? So I don't, that's my time. It's not my time, but I'll just- Thank I you. you or time you? I don't know what to do. I'll, do. I'll, I, three minutes for the answer too is fine. Thank okay. you. Um, and I'll try, I'll try to stick it in there. Um, I love this question. 
Yes, it says defects, it says shortcomings. And and shortcoming is one of the one of the here's the thing. They Bill W took a class when he started writing the big book where they said, like, don't use the same word over and over again. Mix it up. Like you you don't want to be repetitive, which is why where there are places where a word is repeated like several times over and over again, like in the paragraph about the 10 step where it uses the word continue four times in a row, like that's not a mistake. In this particular case, he didn't want to put defects and defects next to each other. Or is that's my understanding. I wasn't there. I didn't write the book. But so they are used synonymously. Defects in that definition as a noun means, if you look in the dictionary, it means a lack or a shortcoming when you look up defects as a noun. And the word defect is also a verb. This is, I mean, this changed my recovery for me. The idea that it is a verb that means to abandon one's home, country, or cause for an opposing one. To defect from my home cause, which is divine love, divine balance, divine acceptance. When I am defecting from that, I am moving away from it. I am being misled. I'm going in the wrong direction. So, so whether you were use the word defect or you use the word shortcoming, it is an action. This program is about actions. This program is about saying we are who we are. Let's redirect our thoughts to, you know, let's take the action and redirect our thoughts. So if defect is a verb, is an action of moving away, then in six and seven, we are turning back towards the, 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 our home cause, which is, which is love, tolerance, higher power, God, whatever word you want to use. So in six, you know, we're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. In that sense, we're entirely ready to have my higher power, the direction of my higher power, remove me, provide direction, changes my direction, um, remove all of these defects of characters, like redirect me, remove my defection, correct my defection. Um, that, that's at least how I access it and understand it. I by no means am trying to override anybody else's understanding of asking God to remove their defects of character. It, it, I could not connect to it in the sense of, you know, God, please remove my defects of character. I could. I was three minutes, but I don't want to interrupt you because I'm Thank so appreciative. <laughs> and, and then humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings is the same thing saying, tell me which way to go instead. I'm surrendering my will. Tell me which way to go instead. I need redirection. So I'll wrap it up. Thank you for the question. Great. Great. Thank you. All right, thank you, Sherry. Next up, we have Mira. 
Hi, I'm Lita, compulsive overeater. Amy, thank you so much for sharing this evening and just being the impromptu speaker and highlighting the story. I am still relatively new for this program. Um, my last sponsor told me I would be new for five years. And one of the things that I love so very much about this meeting and about this program is that there are some things that I hear over and over and over again. And yet every time I hear them, I hear new things and I'm just sort of like gobsmacked because um, I'm now going over things with a sponsor and I'm now on my third color highlighter in the big book and it looks very, very cheerful. And and there's all kinds of stuff that like was not there when I last read the book, which is obviously it was there kind of a thing because I've got other stuff highlighted things. But with the stories, I've never really sat down and gone through the stories beginning to end. And this is a new story for me. And obviously I need to read this because um, this story just isn't applicable to you. This story is like so much of me and my story and just um, never fitting in and just being that dork, you know, that was just, I just knew that I was different somehow, you know, I just, I just wasn't like the other kids. And I just, I could never put my finger on why, um, I, you know, grew up in a house where feelings were just kind of denied. I mean, if I were ever sad, I were told to go to my room because no one liked an unhappy face or I was offered something that involved sugar. So, um, you know, it really wasn't a wide space for feelings, but I just want to thank you for bringing us up. Um, I'm loving every minute of this meeting. And yet when this meeting's over, I so have to fall into page 281 and read a story. So thank you so, so, so much for bringing like a new story to the forefront. I am just as every evening on this uh, meeting forever grateful to you all. Thank you. Thank you, Lita. I think I'm gonna go ahead um, and ask a question too. Um, Amy, thank you so much for stepping up. Um, that was incredible. Um, I've heard you speak a few times now and every time I hear something new. Um, I even took notes this time, um, and you said that, um, having trouble with feelings for as long as you can remember feeling like your feelings were too big or, um, or bigger than they were supposed to be. And, um, I know for myself that when my feelings are that big, um, I can't hear anything else. I can't see anything else. Um, and it's even happening to me, like it happens to me right now. Um, so I, I was hearing you talk and you said something about lovingly seeing your partner in a situation. Um, and I was wondering if you could talk more about that. Just, I finished at six and seven and there are times where I'm able to see my part and I'm like, Maggie, I know why you did that. Um, I know and it's okay. And, um, and you're not defective. Um, that just comes from a place of hurt. And then there are other times that I'm like, no, Maggie, don't do that. That's not okay. You should be somewhere else. Um, you should be further along. Um, so yeah, I'm lovingly seeing your part. Thank you so much for the question, Maggie. And thank you for your service tonight. And um, I, I don't, I want to comment on something that I heard recently from somebody else. And I will just any excuse to repeat it because I thought it was brilliant. Um, uh, I hope I get it right. Um, the 12 steps might not make us feel better, but they make us better at feeling. 
Um, I, I might've messed it up a little bit, but you get the point, right? Like you might not feel better, but you'll get better at feeling by, you know, and that's, that's that feeling that things are too big, that my feelings are too big for me. Like I still, it's interesting. Are they not as big or am I not as affected? I don't entirely know. I'm not sure it matters, but um, that's the kind of thing is that the 12 steps help me feel my feelings better in terms of lovingly seeing my part. Couple things. My higher power is like a true North and a set of a divine ideals is very neutral. There's no, it just, it just is. It's just purely the right thing to do. And the right thing to do isn't judgy. The right thing to do is just the right thing to do. And it's just real, you know, it's just sort of sitting there being the right thing to do anytime you want to do it. And um, that feeling like when I don't do it, um, then it becomes really a choice and it's a, and it's a practice because I have to practice it. And because I do believe that this book talks about me and my experience and the instructions apply to me. So a lot of the descriptors and things in here that it tells me to take for granted, I am going to take on faith because I'm accepting it as a whole. And one of the things it says is that our higher power is loving. So even as just a neutrally right thing to do, if I'm not doing it, it's energy, if you will, would be like, that's cool. I'm not mad about it. I'm, I'm here anytime you're ready. And then because of that, even when I feel like, damn it, wow, th- did, I, did I regress? Did I have a moment? Did I, you know, cause some wreckage? The instinct to be hard on myself is by practice, by repetition, met with now this, hey, there's a right thing to do and it's waiting for me and I can do it anytime. And that feels welcoming. And I just prefer that. And just like a defect being going in the wrong direction, I see it. Thank you. Just like a defect being going in the wrong direction to be hard on myself when I could be where if I'm turning to my higher power and by definition, my higher power is loving, then I got to look at it lovingly. That's, that's a, that's a change of direction too. And it's an action. And this is a program of action. It's just, just a little more turning that we get to do. Thank you for the question, Maggie. Thank you, Amy. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording?